The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting, and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Affiliate Marketing Insider explores the fast-changing world of affiliate marketing from the perspective of one of its most recognized experts. Host Linda Woods leads this ongoing discussion of important industry issues and emerging trends through her own experiences with the whales of the industry, from CEOs to super affiliates to high-impact players. It's time to get inside with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. Here is your host... I want to welcome everyone to another edition of Affiliate Marketing Insider, the podcast that explores the latest tools and trends, ideas and innovations, people and companies that are shaping the future of our industry. Thank you for joining us on webmasterradio.fm. I'm your host, Wade Sisson, standing in for Linda Woods. Today our topic is a continuation of something we've talked about before, using Twitter to drive traffic and sales as an affiliate. Today I'd like to welcome our special guests, Joshua Odmark, who is technology leader for Simply Ideas LLC. It was Joshua who first pointed out an issue in an article he wrote for Search Engine Journal that brings him here today. And I'd also like to welcome Gideon Rubin of 9MP, which is a URL shortener similar to tinyurl.com or tweetbucks.com, whose founder was a guest on this broadcast on June 11th. Joshua and Gideon, welcome to the show. Thank you, Thank you, Wade. Thanks, Wade. Appreciate it. Joshua, you were the first to break the news last week that Amazon.com is now refusing to pay affiliate commissions on affiliate links placed on the social media site Twitter. Tell us how you made that discovery. Well, it, it was actually just happenstance. I mean, I happened to be um, wanting to post a link to something that I read. Um, and I just happened to be on Amazon, logged in, so I easily had the affiliate link right there. So I figured, why not post that link, you know? Um, so I shortened it with the URL shortener, uh, 9MP.com, posted it, and, you know, a couple weeks later, checked it out, and, in fact, there was a couple sales and zero commission on that. So it just happened to be that I was just at the Amazon site, and I just wanted to post a link. It's not something I do all the time, but it's just something that I did and noticed um, that they didn't pay on that. So, And when you noticed that you weren't getting paid, what did you take any action? Yeah, I mean, the first step is you just submit a support request because, of course, social media being so new, their FAQ the frequently asked questions was pretty much useless in this respect. So just submitted a support request and, of course, didn't hear anything back. <laughs> so had to kind of nag them a little bit and finally heard something, which, um, as you can imagine, and what I expected, they just sent a link to their terms and conditions. So, Which basically says, vaguely, um, they actually quote the term, your site all over it, which, you know, they're implying the site when you sign up for an affiliate account, you define which site you're going to use, um, and if it's not that site, you know, they can easily just not pay you on your commissions, so, which in my article, I brought up the point 
So who, who, what is your site? I mean, I used a URL shortener, so I guess technically that would be the your site. And since it's a you know service provider, you know you you don't own that. So you know the quote you mentioned earlier. I mean, you kind of run into they've got to address this issue of microblogging on Twitter and maybe using these third-party applications. You know, they've got to find a way to allow their affiliates to make money on this because this is a huge, huge problem that they're, they're just denying these commissions if you use a URL shortener. Right, and the article you referred to was written by Scott Jangro last week who wrote that most of the affiliate networks prohibit the posting of affiliate links in forums, blog comments, etc. In other words, you cannot post affiliate links on sites that you do not own. Since people don't own Twitter, does that fall into the above categories? In my mind, it doesn't, as I consider Twitter a blogging platform that's no different from Blogger or other hosted blogging solutions in this context. I even asked someone from the network quality team at one of the networks, and they agreed with me on that. However, surprisingly enough, Amazon differs on this. And I think that's where some of the confusion and controversy lies, is what does constitute your site? Uh, for those of you who are listening, you can read the full terms and conditions on Amazon.com's website under their terms and conditions. Um, what about this issue of URL shortener specifically? Gideon, can you speak to that? Yeah, well, let me, let me um, address one point that you just made, and then I'll jump into that. The first thing is you have to look at the reason why Amazon and some of the other um, advertisers don't want you to use affiliate links and things like comments um, and other sites that you don't own. And the main reason is spam. They don't want people spamming affiliate links all over the Internet. Um, and there's, there's good rationale behind that. The difference is when you're talking about URL shorteners, you're really looking at a few things. One is there's the utility component, and there's tons of URL shorteners out there, and, and they give different sets of tools and utilities uh, that are associated with them. Um, and so just the fact on Twitter that you need you need to fit everything into 140 characters, uh, URL shorteners are basically a necessity. So when you look at it in this context, you have to look at something like, uh, you know, let's say 9MT and say, does it give you that utility of the shortening? Yes. And then you have to look at it and say, well, what else, what else can you do with it, really? Um, and in this context, when, you, when it comes to affiliate links, when 9MT went and signed up for an affiliate account at Amazon, we used 9MT.com as the, the website. So our goal was to you know, provide full information. We, we were hoping that at some point, if it wasn't appropriate for an Amazon affiliate program, then maybe someone would uh, deny it or, or let us know that there was no, no response. We were approved for the affiliate program. And we went about, you know, testing it out, and people had similar uh, sort of issues as uh, as Josh did here. And we've seen some of the other URL shorteners have actually had some of these issues, and others have not. Um, some are using different techniques in order to uh, sort of almost um, fool Amazon. I'll put it that way. Um, and it's not something that that we've, you know, have in mind. Our goal is really to provide a tool that allows people to not only you know, distribute affiliate links out there, but also to go ahead and distribute their brand. So 
they can associate their brand and certain information along with that URL, uh, embedded in that URL, in fact, and then you get beyond this concept of what's your site and, and the difference between your site and your content. So your content and your links has value and should be tied to you, and if you're out there spamming, as we were just you know mentioning before as far as the comment, blog commenting and things like that, then that should be associated with you as the spammer. If you're out there providing valuable information to people and real quality uh, referrals to certain products, then that should also be associated with you as a quality uh, person that, that goes out there and can provide some expertise as to experiences with a specific product or recommendations about a product. And that ultimately should be in line with Amazon's goals and, and an affiliate program in general. Sure. And we're using the word should and could. I want to clarify one thing if we could, Gideon. Am I to understand then that Amazon would pay on a, on a link in Twitter if it had your URL that you registered as an affiliate in the link? Or is that not true? Um, I don't believe they should. They do, but I can't. All I can do is tell you what my experience has been, and my experience has been that when we signed up for 9MP.com as the URL that we were going to be using, then we we did some tests and used our affiliate ID in the, the shortened URL, and those transactions posted to the account as if they went through, but the payouts uh, were zero. So there should have been payouts, and there weren't, but they were definitely tracking the actual transaction. Okay. I should also mention that since writing this article, um, I've had a lot of people, you know, various spots where people have summarized my article, um, been commenting on those summaries, and on searchandinjournal.com, you can see comments on the article there. Um, and what's interesting is to see everybody else's um, experience, because uh, I, there's literally hundreds of examples since writing this article. Um, a couple of things, you know, some woman made a comment to me personally that um, she saw her conversion rates were absolutely terrible with her um, social media marketing techniques. Uh, basically, she was doing kind of what I did. She would shorten a link and post it on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, she, you know, it, it's very clear with conversion rates low that she was not getting paid. Now, I also had people tell me that they did get paid on shortened URLs, but, of course, I could not verify that. And, you know, I have to take such comments with a grain of salt because there's no way to actually, you know, they could just be saying that. Um, but there's, there's a lot of examples of people, you know, and, and furthermore, people not even realizing that they weren't even getting paid. Because if, if they're doing this on social media and on their own blog, they're probably using a single account. And it's really not broken down in such a way that you can tell um, unless you have special privileges from Amazon where you can pass an additional um, query string parameter to differentiate where that stuff is at. But... So you've got that issue, too. People aren't even, and that's part of the motivation of writing this article, was making people aware that they, you can be putting all this work into promoting products, um, you know, legitimately, that they're legitimate recommendations, and you might not be getting paid on that. Um, and a lot of people don't even realize that. So um, that's one major issue that I wanted to tackle with writing this article. 
So, Joshua, based on the feedback you've had your articles so far, have people offered any solutions to this issue? Yeah, there's been one main solution that everybody's been kind of pitching at, and that is um, instead of linking directly to Amazon's product page, um, when you actually shorten a URL and post it to your Twitter account, what you would do is post a link to your website. Um, so you would shorten a link to your website, and then on that page of your website, you would actually have the Amazon affiliate links. So therefore, you would um, follow their terms and conditions on the usage there. So, But, I mean, it, it's a solution, but it's not the best solution because what you're doing by doing that is you're adding an interim step. So that person then has to go to your page and then on to the actual Amazon product page. So um, as far as conversion rates go, it's, it's obviously going to lower your conversion rate. Anytime you add a step in the process, it's always going to lower your conversion rate. So that's really the only viable solution at this point. Um, Amazon really needs to address this issue. So, Sure. I think the news of Amazon's decision was a little disheartening to those of us in affiliate marketing who are still trying to figure out how to use Twitter to further our business. And I know that you know, if this decision sticks, I imagine other big merchants might follow suit. Um, do you have any plans to work around this in order to keep trying to monetize Twitter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can look at it two ways. Um, you can look at this as an opportunity for other affiliate programs to kind of step in and say, well, you know, if Amazon's not going to help out the Twitter users, then this is a great opportunity for us to step in and come up with some sort of solution. It's a difficult problem to solve uh, because when you use a URL shortener, it, it takes away the information that they can use to uh, decipher where that person is coming from and who that person is. Um, as a visitor, but other affiliate programs, I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them out on the internet, so, and there's a lot of them that don't have that a prerequisite where, you know, your site means only one website and the visitor must come from that website, and so I look at it as we'll just try other affiliate programs. Now, that's really all you can do. Um, and that's what a lot of the comments on my article were and some of the other summaries of the article is, you know, they may not, there's just other options for affiliate programs to use. There's a lot of them out there. Obviously, Amazon's the biggest, in, in my opinion, and it's one of the easiest to use. But right. if, the, if they're not going to support us, we don't have an option but to find a different affiliate program. So. And how about that, Gideon? Do you see an opportunity out there for a URL shortener company because of this decision? Well, I, I definitely do. I think, um, you know, I look at this, I, I look forward with something like this. And by forward, I mean I'm looking at what is now being called Web 3.0, which is the mashup of content, APIs, and, and pulling information from one place to another. So this concept of on your site is very quickly going to, going to move from something that's primarily centered around Twitter to something that's centered around everything the internet. Even on blogs now, when you go to your site and you're blogging, people are scraping, people are mashing it up, people are quoting, they're, they're grabbing pieces of your article, they're, they're using trackback URLs, they're doing all sorts of things that are sort of mixing and mashing this content together. So when you look ahead at this Web 3.0 world, I think one of the biggest opportunities is how do you maintain your brand, maintain who's 
associated with your brand and, and maintain control of things like the shortened URLs. So with 9MT, what we've done is we've provided the opportunity to maintain your brand while using 9MT. So you can, you know, something like Amazon, let's say, if they were to come to us and ask for a branded URL, which uh, some of you may know, they already have an Amazon.com URL shortener that has been somewhat in in the uh, kind of the newswires, but is not. It hasn't sort of hit big, from my understanding, quite yet. But anyway, so. With someone like them, you'd have Amazon.9MT.com. It would immediately give the person viewing that URL the understanding that this is an Amazon link. And then it also allows for additional tracking and other information, but it allows for that control concept. So now control your brand. You can control the, the link itself because you can start to see where people are distributing it, where it's going. Um, and then there's a dis additional functionality that is open to, to users with authority on 9MP, and they can actually control the link and, and make changes that they need to later. But the authority concept comes in similar to like a Google page rank, where over time, based on our unique algorithm, people will have a certain level of authority, so you can look at that link and know that this person is a trusted source for information. Um, and this, this will hopefully, moving into the Web 3.0 world, this will give added value to just something as simple as a shortened URL beyond uh, basic utility, which is like a tiny URL gives the most basic version of utility. And then there's other services out there like Bitly that give analytics, and then there's you know, Tweetbox and some other ones that give additional value and, and functionality and the ability to monetize. Sure. Um, this will be a good time for us to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue our discussion of Amazon.com's decision to not pay commissions on sales made via affiliate links and Twitter. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. More Affiliate Marketing Insider when we return. Are you an affiliate? If yes, you'll pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks in the cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866XY7Pays. It's toll free. Tell me what you're waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. Four. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of Local Pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with LocalPages.com. RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft, makers of the world-renowned Adaware, present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. 
make great commission, and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the Waddlesoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the Waddlesoft logo on the homepage. Win big with Waddlesoft and RevenueWire.com. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return to Affiliate Marketing Insider, only on webmasterradio.fm. We're back with our guests, Joshua Odmark and Gideon Rubin talking about Amazon.com's decision to not pay commissions on sales made by affiliate links via Twitter. And one of the things I wanted to touch on before we get too much farther into this discussion is how successful have you both been so far with your affiliate marketing efforts on Twitter? Well, I'll take this one first. Um, for, for us, our primary business is performance marketing, and we do a lot of lead generation. And I have to tell you that Twitter for us has been a great tool for promotion. So when you're talking about breaking a new product, a new brand, um, doing branding in general, and just the buzz that goes around it, similar to a PR campaign, it's been very useful. And it's really allowed us also to network and connect with other people on Twitter that are like-minded or potential business partners or potential clients, vendors, and everything else. However, direct sales from a direct marketing perspective we haven't seen much in in way of that yet. Now we've seen plenty of traffic coming to our sites that we we promote on Twitter, but again we haven't seen a huge link between sales and um, you know mentions on Twitter or use directly from Twitter. Um, and part of that, in my opinion, comes back to what Twitter is, which is a, a, a really a platform for conversation. So as a social media tool. It's, it really allows you to have that conversation with the world out there about your product or about you know new ideas, concepts, politics, whatever it is. Um, but it's not necessarily one of those things. Same way in a social setting, you wouldn't open the door into a bar and start yelling at everyone to buy your product. It's there are those people on Twitter doing that, but it's <laughs> typically not very <laughs> successful. So um, you know that's kind of the way we're looking at it, and and I think. That's the people's expectations in general. So when they interact with you, they're not looking to have that, you know, in-your-face sales pitch. Um, and so that's something that we've pretty much stayed away from, uh, and just used it more as a as a promotional informational tool. Great, Joshua. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, some of our success too has been um, distributing content. Um, so, uh, you know, the biggest example I can give is a lot of my articles for Search Engine Journal, um, the places that they've been, you know, you get the standard retweets and they just go everywhere, so that starts spreading word. Um, so when we do that with our own content, uh, people retweet articles that we've written because I write articles for other sites as well um, and for my own sites. Um, so things like that um, in the education industry for collegematchingservice.com. There's a big following in the education industry on Twitter as well. Um, and that creates an, an engaged group of, um, you know, with, with visitors and sharing content and all that types of things. So, yeah, I mentioned earlier that you, you embed an affiliate link in an article on your site. 
um, that does increase um, when you actually send the visitor there. Um, it decreases conversions, but it's really our only option at this point. So we've been using tools such as twitterfeed.com, which actually allows you to take your RSS feed from um, your WordPress install, which is how we use it to distribute your articles. Um, but it really, the conversions are no higher than organic traffic. So that's kind of why we've taken AIM and Amazon to kind of solve this problem because it, it's an issue across the board. We're not seeing, we're not being able to utilize Twitter as a tool to make more sales. It's really, you know, it, it, it's a problem. So. Right. And I think part of the problem comes in not being able to define what Twitter is. I mean, certainly a lot of the posts that I've seen in response to your article, people feel that Twitter really is just another blogging site. Is that, is that how you see it? Yeah. Well, the, the term that's coined is microblogging. That's essentially what it is. Um, but in my article, you know, I outlined, if you really think about the difference between an actual blog, um, your own blog, your own personal blog, and then your Twitter account, I mean, they're very similar. You obviously have the character limitations on Twitter, but if I make a recommendation on my blog, let's say I read a book and I, you know, I just really enjoyed it, so I wanted to let my followers know on Twitter about this book, so I write a little bit of a, a description of what the book's about you know, why I liked it, which I can do in 140 characters pretty easily, or I write a full review on my actual blog. I mean, essentially, it's the same thing, but yet Amazon thinks that it's completely different. And the only reason they, they won't, they just don't have the technology to track it as that. And that's what it boils down to. You know, they can't tell because of the URL shortener where that came from. That, that, link, that visitor could have came from anywhere on the Internet. Um, because a URL shortener will block the header, the header response, the referring URL. It, it'll be the URL shortener. Um, and they're talking about different technologies to handle that. Um, but something, I don't know, I don't have a solution for that particular problem, and it, it, it's a big problem to solve, but, uh, you know, it, it's on them to solve the problem is what it boils down to. So, and so it, it, it is Amazon. Yeah, well, any almost any affiliate program, really. I mean, we shouldn't really... We keep saying Amazon, but I imagine a lot of affiliate programs are having problems, too, so... I, I think there's a couple points, also, that, that actually make it different from a typical blogging platform. Um, one point is something I mentioned earlier, which is the API concept and the distribution of the microblogging or the tweets out into the Internet. So anyone can tie into the API from Twitter and pull that content out. So you can actually pull out tweets that aren't yours, and you can distribute that across the web. Now, that comes back to, you know, how you're using this content. So, again, you know, looking at 9MP, that's something that we thought of, and that's why we put additional information in the URL, whether it's branding or, or an authority number. Um, but if you, so you take that point is one thing, and then the other thing that's a little different is, when I'm blogging, which I basically never do, I have to admit, I'm very bad at uh, you know putting down that much information in one place at one time because it takes so much research and effort to do it well. But um, when I'm blogging, someone may comment to me and ask a question. You know, oh, I saw your blog about Twitter. What are some great Twitter tools? And you know, I might go back and respond in the comments. It's very different when it's on Twitter because 
people have def different levels of engagement, and some people feel so engaged that when a tweet comes through, they're going to respond to it as if it's a direct message to them, whether it's a, it's a direct message or just a generic tweet. So once you start that conversation and someone asks you, you know, what are some great Twitter tools, I feel compelled to then respond to that. So I respond to that. I tweet it to everyone, let's say, and then other people hopefully find that useful, um, a list of tools that they might be able to use. Well, right. when you're talking in, in the context of affiliate marketing, this is a great opportunity for affiliates, for advertisers to get into that conversation. So if a bunch of different Twitter tools have affiliate programs and I decide, hey, let me grab my affiliate links and use those as the links that I'm promoting on Twitter for these Twitter tools that someone specifically requested from me because they thought that I have some sort of knowledge in this area, then you know that should be a great thing for the, the tools themselves, for the end advertiser, as well as for the consumer that then hopefully will go through, use those affiliate links, and purchase those products if they have any uh, price associated with them, which you know maybe that example wasn't the best because a lot of the Twitter tools out there are free still. But you get the point. No, definitely. Um, there's no question that this issue has has brought a lot of opinions from people throughout the industry. I know, Joshua, you've seen many posts to your article, and I thought it was interesting. One of the comments that was actually brought up from this was posted just recently by Lisa Barone, who's chief branding officer of Outspoken Media, and her comment was, I thought was interesting. She wrote, affiliate links live and die on trust. If I pass a link through my blog or decide to do it through Twitter, it's the same link for the same product. Someone will still either click or not click on that link based on my endorsement and my reputation for passing on good stuff. It shouldn't matter what medium I use to share it, and while I can sympathize with Amazon.com, the URL shorteners can complicate the process, the burden to figure it out falls on them. I thought that was an interesting comment that she made, and we've made that point certainly on this topic today. But looking past this issue, what if what tips do you have for affiliates who are trying to use Twitter and URL shorteners, whether it's to develop their brand or to try to increase their sales? Well, I would say um, the first thing is when it comes to URL shorteners, they're not the URL shorteners aren't all alike. There's tons of them out there. My first recommendation is brand knitting. You should use a URL shortener with a brand, whether it's one that um, whether it's one that allows you to to go ahead and shorten using your own URL. If you have a nice short uh, URL that you're using for your blog, then you should definitely be using your own URL. If you don't, then you probably want to use one from one of the tools out there that allows you to brand it in some way. So if you're selling baskets on the Internet, then you probably want baskets.9mp.com or something similar so that it immediately gives people information about what you're posting. Because the difference is when you're on a blog, you have a lot of context there. When you're on Twitter, you don't have a lot of context, especially because people don't always click through to view your total Twitter stream. They may just be seeing your tweet in context of all the other people they're following. So you have to sort of uh, give them a little help there. Um, there's, there's several other things, but I think tracking is very important as well. Is, you, know, you should really know what 
effect and impact your links have when you post them, if no one's clicking on them, then you probably need to change your strategy because that's not going to be very effective no matter what URL shortener you're using. Um, but you won't know that unless you're able to track it. So those are two pretty strong points uh, when you're trying to build up your, your brand and your uh, blog or your Twitter account itself, if that's the only thing you're using. I like consistency and brand in general just across marketing. And in affiliate marketing, it's a little more difficult because you're promoting other people's brands usually as well as your own brand. So you want to become an authority yourself, but you also have some, some other brand to sell. So you have to make sure that it's very clear what you're trying to do. Are you your own brand? Are you an authority in the space? Or are you just recommending tons of different products? So are you an Amazon in the space, so to speak, with lots right. of different products? Or you're just a basket company and all you sell is baskets, so you're a, an authority in baskets and people should listen to you whenever you talk about baskets. So that's really uh, you know, important as you start to build your business in the affiliate space, in my opinion. Yeah, and building on top of that, um, to me, I think it's important to be consistent, too. Um, I've personally seen a lot of people use uh, five to ten different URL shorteners, and I don't know if that's convenience or what the purpose of that is, but, I mean, put yourself in Amazon shoes or really in the affiliate network out there um, for somebody that's doing that. Now, I would also mention that um, I wish I had a um, better answer for this, uh, but... Uh, you need to find an affiliate program that you know is going to pay you. Uh, you've, you've got to find one out there because if you're out there distributing or promoting your products, if you're not sure you're even going to get paid, I mean, to me, that's just, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. And a lot of people are coming under that, you know, they're realizing that they aren't getting paid for all the work they did for the past couple months. So, um, that's something that you've got to do before you even start. And, and if you're already doing it, I mean, to me, you, you, you have to stop and figure out an affiliate program that's going to pay you on the work that you're doing. So, I think one, one point there is really important, important to bring up again, which is that Josh mentioned. So knowing whether it works or not, it goes back to being a professional. Just because you're an affiliate and you're blogging from your, your PJs in, you know, in your living room doesn't mean you don't have to have a certain level of professionalism in how you run your business. So things like testing you have to test. You have to set up the program, go through the whole process that a consumer would go through, and see what results. So sometimes that may even include buying, a, buying the product, um, buying the product that you're selling, which is, which is also a pretty good idea in general. If you're recommending something or you're blogging about something, you should probably have some experience with the product. So it just goes back to certain, uh, I guess, fundamental principles of building a, a quality business, a sustainable business, in the long term. Um, and some of these things, you know, just because you're an affiliate marketer doesn't mean you don't have to have a certain level of, of expertise and professionalism in what you do. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, creating a process around that, find something that you know is going to work, and, and that's the whole purpose of testing. You know, when you when you develop that process through testing, you, you figure out a way to actually post your links that you know you're going to get paid on, and then you go forward with your marketing. Absolutely, that's a great point. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Joshua, I want to thank you for bringing this issue to the attention of the industry. And Gideon, I'd like to thank you for joining us with your thoughts, especially regarding URL shorteners and the role they play in all of this. Um, I should mention that we did make an attempt to 
have someone from Amazon.com come on the show today to represent their position. Certainly, you know, understandable that you know they have a business to protect as well. Um, I'm sure this is an issue that we'll be discussing in future issues. And if anyone from Amazon would like to come on the show, we'd certainly be welcome. To, we'd certainly be glad to have them. I'd like to thank you both for joining us today. That's all the time we have this week. I'd also like to thank our producers, editors, and friends at webmasterradio.fm. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Affiliate Marketing Marketing Insider, and we will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.